Hey guys, uh, my name is Michael, and uh, I get to uh, talk about Jesus today through a passage of scripture that we've been going through for the last couple weeks, and it's in Galatians chapter 5. Um, if you want a Bible and need one for uh, today, uh, you can just put your hand up and one of our leaders will come and bring you a Bible. If you do not own a Bible, take this one home. This is our gift to you. We would love for you to have a Bible to start reading it. And uh, so if you want one, you can just throw your hand up. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5, and uh, if you uh, have a phone on your, uh, if you have a Bible on your phone, whatever, look it up. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to be in verse 22, we're going to go to verse 26, and uh, today the topic of conversation for us is patience. Patience is what we're talking about. Uh, we kind of did an intro week that we talked about love, joy, and peace, and today we are talking about the one singular fruit of patience, which is awesome. So this is what it says, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified in the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. I love that idea of keeping, keeping in step with the Spirit. It's like going alongside of someone. And um, I don't know if you kind of like remember this or whether you're walking with an older sibling or with a parent or someone. And when you're a kid, trying to walk beside them is like so tough because they have these like long monstrous strides and you have these like little tiny little like steps and you're just like doing double the amount of work trust just trying to keep up. And it's like, that's the image. It's like, and do what you can to keep in step with what God is doing. And essentially what all of this list is, is God doing things and are you going to be doing them with him? That's kind of the point. We've been contrasting or we kind of put two ideas together in the beginning of this. It's like the works of the flesh. It's like all the bad stuff. It's like a factory, a product. And then there's the fruit of the spirit. It's organic. It's life-giving. And both of these two are kind of at odds with one another. And the text asks you, which side are you going to be on? And today, uh, we're talking about patience. Isn't that funny? Patience. It's one of the things that we as a culture need more of. Um, whether it's us raging at our Wi-Fi, buffering for four seconds, or uh, it's our phones like not working and us like losing our minds. We have like weird cultural things within us that we kind of just, uh, we really adopt. Like the text message is a really fun, interesting idea that we send somebody a text message and we get upset that they don't respond right away because something in us as human beings say, I have commenced conversation I demand your attention right here and now. It's fascinating that all of that's like deep within us now because of this phone thing. I demand your attention because I have messaged you. And it's like this thing that happens with all of us. And it's because we have a sense of a lack of patience. Every single one of us is in need of this idea of growing in steadfast endurance of what God is calling us to do because it means more than you think it does. Um, my wife and I were at H&M the other day. By the other day, I mean like months ago, and there was this uh, there was this mom with her daughter, and her daughter was just being so annoying. Like she was just like, "Mom, uh, unicorns, pink, meh, whatever," and she's like running around and like being so annoying. The mom's like, "Oh my gosh, stop, stop, stop!" And the little girl would not stop. She wouldn't stop. She's running around. She's like pulling at shirts. Like stop doing that, Karen, or like whatever her name was. I just thought of like 
Anyways, so she's like, stop it, Karen. And she's like, Mer. And it was, she was being so annoying the whole way through over and over and over again that uh, another mom and her daughter were walking into the H&M. So the mom looks at, at the daughter and the mom and goes, Karen, you see that little girl over there? She listens to her mom, and she's really, really nice. And the girl's like, like being whatever. And the mom's like, I'm going to go ask that mom if we can trade. And I sat back and I was like, this is the greatest parenting lesson of all time, right? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, she was just like, Mom, no, remember that you love me, right? I used to be one with you. Like, she was like, it was like grabbing onto the leg, like freaking out, like, no, Karen, I'm going to ask her to trade. And she's like, no, don't leave me. And she's like almost like brought down to tears. And I thought about that image, and I'm like, oh, man, that's crazy, Patience. It's like this steadfast endurance. It's this annoying little girl going back and back over and over and over again. And you just keep taking the hit. You keep taking the hit. You keep taking the hit. And then there's a moment where it's like, ah, no, I'm trading you, right? It's like Pokemon cards or whatever. Like, that's how it felt. This like explosion of emotion kinds of happens. And it happens with me all the time. Happens with you. I'm the kind of person where if I can get it now or later, for $50 less, I'm going to do it now for $50 more because I'm just like so impatient. I just can't wait. That's not who I am. All of us are in the exact same kind of rhythm. But remember that in all of these things, our initial thought to like patience is what can I do right now to work on this and grow this with my time and with a journal or like whatever. Like we just put ourselves into this position of like how can I grow this? No, 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 we got to take that completely out of here. God is the one who produces the fruit in you via his Holy Spirit, and he's the one who grows patience in you. It is not your job to make yourself be better at this. That's the point. And patience is all over the Bible. It tells you constantly this is something that you have to have. Look at this example in Romans chapter 8, 24. For in this we hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Patience is not passive. Patience is not weak. It is something that you are just, it's, it's, a, it's a, a deep pitted thing in your heart that you are just striving after something regardless of what is coming in your way. Proverbs 19.11, good sense makes one slow to anger and it is glory to overlook an offense. This, this slow to anger it's this patience with someone. It's when your sister walks into your room and steals your curling iron. You're not like freaking like some of you like go psycho, you know? It's like, no, 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 just relax. Calm down. Don't have this emotional explosion because you got you to gotta chill. You got to be patient. You got to be slow to anger. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise. As some count slowness, but is patient towards you. God's own ability in himself, his own character, is that he himself is patient. Why? Because he's not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And God's description of himself in the Bible is really interesting. This is the most quoted passage in the Old Testament. It says this in Numbers 14. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty Visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and fourth generation, please pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love. Justice, have you forgiven this people from Egypt 
until now. The Lord himself, the key thing to him is he's slow to anger and he's abounding in love. He's slow to anger and he's abounding in love. The reason why we want to grow in the idea of patience is because it's not about waiting. It's about this idea of what, is, what do you want to be marked for? What do you want to be known as, as a human being? Somebody goes off the rails when you don't get your way and you blow up and you get angry? Do you want to be the kind of person who, to be honest, because you so want comfort in your life and exactly what you want all the time, when somebody else gets in the way, do you just react out of this like, why are you such an obstacle? That's how we see people. We see people as obstacles of our comfort. And we flip out when we don't have our way because that's the reason why. God's own character is the complete opposite of that because he's dealing with a bunch of people who do not understand all the time. God says, do this. They do the opposite. Okay, well, that didn't work. Let's do this. They do the opposite. Holy, okay, do this. They do the opposite. He has to be slow to anger. He has to be abounding in steadfast love because if he wasn't those things, that would be really bad for us. It'd be really bad for us. If God's character and description of himself was not, man, I'm going to take my time with them. I'm going to let them process. I'm going to let them grow. Do we do that? I would be the first to say, I do not. I want whatever I want now, you know? I, got, I think it's hilarious. You know that meme that's coming out where all these, like, young adults are sending, like, text messages to their mom about the 25-pound turkey, and they put it in the microwave and they text their moms? If you don't know, this thing is happening where all these young adults who don't know how to cook are texting their mom saying, how do I cook this 25-pound turkey in the microwave? And it's all over the internet, and moms are like, oh, my gosh, how have I taught you, right? Because in their mind, they're like, you legitimately are probably trying to do this. Because cooking, creating something, baking, look at all of those things. The greatest pleasure you could have with food is not done instantaneously. The most healthy, the most like, delicious food that you will ever eat is not five minutes in a microwave. It's time, it's dedication, it's patience, it's working at the craft. You have that meal and it changes everything. Because the greatest things come when you have patience, when you wait for them, when you have steadfast and abounding time that you are going, I'm going to keep taking the hit and waiting for this thing to come out of it. Patience. You and I do not live this way. We live in a very different culture. Dallas Willard uh, was this guy who lived in Southern California. He's this genius old guy. He's passed away. And... Uh, he was asked the question, what's the most important thing about your spiritual life that we have to like learn? His response was fascinating. What he said in terms of your spiritual life and what you had to work in was this. He says, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Hurry is the greatest enemy you have to your spiritual life. If you want to gain in it, Eliminate that. Uh, research has been uh, pretty interesting with this idea of just moving on to the next thing quickly because we get so discouraged. Uh, do you know that 50% of people click off a video as soon as it starts to buffer? As soon as it starts to buffer, it just slows down for a second, 50% of people click off the video. If it buffers for three seconds, it's 75%. If it buffers for five seconds, Five to ten seconds, it's 90% of people do not watch the video. 
10 seconds, we can't wait. Because we want it now, and if not, we'll move on to the next thing. It's no patience. We're guilty of it all the time, uh, even myself. One of the things, uh, and all the adult leaders and stuff, if you're a grade 12 and you drive, you'll probably know this, is uh, you do this thing where you're going up to a red light or a stop sign, and uh, you start counting the cars in front of you to see if there's less cars in your lane than the other one. And if there's less cars in your lane, then you're going to stay. But if there's more car in your lane than the other lane, you're going you're gonna to switch lanes because it's one car difference. That is stupid. And we all do it. Every single one of us. We count them. Oh, my gosh. There's four and a minivan? Oh, no. no. We're going in the right lane. That's us. One car difference, and we're switching lanes. Because I need to get wherever I need to go as fast as possible because I'm the most important thing. Isn't that fascinating? The way that we think about us. Driving is so funny because uh, when you drive, whoever is going faster than you, is a maniac. You're like, oh my gosh, they don't even care about the baby on board signs, right? Like that's how we think. And the people, the, let's be honest, the people who are slower than us, us in Vancouver have a very horrible game of whoever is slow, we go, oh, it's an old lady, for sure. Old lady, old lady, four bets, okay? And we all drive past and everyone's head. Ah, young man, dang it, never saw it coming, right? We all play that game, and we all do it. Why? Because our hearts are ferociously attached to hurry. We want to move on to the next thing. We want to get to the next thing as quick as possible. Think of your relationships, boyfriend and girlfriend. We don't slow down. It's, let's steam right ahead and go through a bunch of different things. Let's hurry. I want what I want right now, and I don't like to wait. And when you really think about it, we all sound, including myself, like a bunch of entitled little brats. That's what I think about of myself. When I think of the way that I treat people and the way that I look at technology and the way that I look at the microwave, I'm just like, oh, dude, I'm an entitled little brat. That's me. I, don't, I can't say that about you. I don't know you, some of you. But that's me. I look at myself and I'm like, man, I'm so entitled to things, right? It's so stupid. The microwave, I put something in the microwave, I don't even let it finish. I just go open it when there's like five seconds left. I'm like, what? Who does that? Me, I do that. Can't wait five seconds on the dumb microwave because I'm so attached and connected to hurry. And most of us are the exact same way. We live in a culture where convenience is king and where I want is the most supreme thing in the world. And so we rush. And so we go and we keep on moving. Microwave meals and drive-through dreams. The faster, the better. No wait time. We want high-speed internet and Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi. We want Skip the Dishes and Uber Eats. We want Amazon Prime, where if you can't get it in three days, you can get it in two hours. We don't want a relationship with trust, respect, and commitment. Great. If you don't want a relationship with trust, respect, and commitment, neither do I. So let's find somebody on Tinder. You want a relationship with a computer rather than accountability with a community. You want a platform, not a process. We want to be seen before we ever want to serve. We want deliverance without discipleship, success more than stewardships, and likes more than lessons. This is you and I. Because we are insatiably committed to hurry. Where my convenience and the thing that I want is the most important thing, and we forget, we forget that the greatest things are not the quickest things. The greatest things are the ones that grow over time. 
would take patience, would take waiting, even though you do not like it. That's so fascinating to me. I'm so fascinated by people that come to church and expect Jesus to look and sound exactly like them. And as soon as Jesus says anything different, oh, that, that, that part doesn't really matter. It's because it's us. It's our convenience. I think the scariest thing, the scariest thing that you could look at in your relationship with Jesus is if you believe in a Jesus who sounds and believes exactly everything that you believe in. Because that's not Jesus of the Bible at all. That's a statue of yourself that you've placed in your imagination and given it the same name. We just want to hurry. We want to push. We want to slow down. Some of you, even in the last few moments, which is so fascinating to me, have begun to grow a bit uncomfortable with how slowly I am speaking. Isn't that weird? Some of you are like, say more words, right? It's just deep within us. It's deep within us. We want consistency. We want quickness. We want the 10-minute podcast, not the 40-minute podcast. Give us things quicker, faster, more convenient for you and I. I don't even want to pay for my groceries anymore. Let me walk into the store and walk out and just scan me or whatever because I want things to be quickly and this is where we're moving to. It's crazy. Some of you have a misrepresentation uh, of what patience is. Some of you guys see patience as weakness. Patience is waiting around. I hate waiting around. Oh, waiting. Oh, dentist. Oh, I hate my life. Whatever. Maybe that's how some of you guys see patience. That is not how I see patience at all. The way that I see patience is like survivor. Uh, my wife, a couple weeks ago, we were taking care of like 10 kids, 10 of them. It was gnarly. So my wife got this brilliant idea to force them to all do a game of Survivor. Like it was intense, like so much betrayal and future freedom session. Anyway, so as we were playing this game of survival, uh, survivor, survival, sur give me food. Anyway, Survivor, um, one of the challenges that my wife did, which is actually hilarious, is uh, the family that, that we were staying in their home, they have a pool in the backyard. And uh, what she did was she made all of them uh, like do an endurance test where they would grab onto the diving board or whatever, and they would just hold onto it. And whoever could last the longest holding onto the diving board wins, right? And which was so funny because something happens when you're younger, you're like jacked out of your face, right? So when you're five years old, you can hang on that thing for like two hours and you're totally okay. Like cookie, me, whatever, and you're just hanging out. Um, that idea right there, that thing, that, uh, that image is what I want you guys to consider patience as. That's patience. It's not weakness. It might not make sense to you, so let me explain it this way. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, once a week in our PE department, they would force us. I thought it was like, you know, child abuse or whatever. They would force us to run a 5K, five kilometers. They would make us do it every single week. And uh, we got pretty, like, my eighth grade year, I, like, did not want to run. I, like, walked half the thing, whatever. Ninth grade, didn't really care. And then I was getting more and more into sports. And so 10th grade, the beginning of the year, I remember the very first one, I was like, I'm going to run the whole thing. And I'm just going to haul the whole thing as fast as I possibly can. 
And running is one of those things that you keep going, you're running, 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 and all of a sudden, at one moment, your lungs just hit fire. And you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And you're like hating your whole life, and you're like, what happened? <laughs> right, you're just like freaking out. And as you're running, it's like the worst feeling in the world. And so at that moment, you have to make a decision. Yep, your decision is to continue to run or to stop and collapse and call 911. And so those are your only two options. And so I began to choose, like, first 5K of Great Sound. I'm like, I'm going to keep going. And the craziest part about keeping, keeping going, what running does to you, is every single step is painful. Every single minute is painful. It's less of a physical exercise as it is a mental exercise. You're going to keep going. You're going to keep running. You're enduring against something. And the thing that you are enduring against is yourself. That is patience. The way that patience is described, it is this continual and steadfast endurance. Steadfast endurance, like me holding on to that board for three hours. If I held onto a pole with one arm for three hours, would you consider me weak or would you consider me strong? Strong. Steadfast endurance is not weakness. It is strength in the highest motion. It is strength at the highest level. If you are someone who is so easily given into your temptations and the things that you want so quickly, my idea of you is not that you are the strongest person in the world. If all of a sudden all your friends are going off and doing stupid things and you go, well, okay, if they're doing it, I'm going to do that as well. In my mind, that does not translate to, wow, you are such a strong person. It's, you're weak. You gave in. It didn't even take that much. You're weak. Quick, hurry, convenient, on my time. Not strength. It's weakness. And what he's saying is let me show you how to grow strong. Let me show you how life is really done. And every single one of you and I have to appreciate this idea. Strength, steadfast endurance equals patience. And you and I need that because that's what he is to us. You want to know why you and I have to de dedicate our lives to loving difficult people? Because we are di difficult people. You and I are those things. We can't go around and start judging the people in our school going, man, you, are, you have all of these issues. You have all of those. You have all of those issues. You have all of those problems. Convenience is your king. All you want is what you want to have. Selfishness is born into you. You only want to talk about yourself. You only want what you want in life. So stop looking at other people and saying, you are the issue. I am the issue. And patience is the only thing that allows me to keep going. And this is why. 1 Timothy 1.16. And this is what Paul says about his life. But I received mercy for this reason. I received mercy. That in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience. As an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. So if me running the 5K is enduring myself, it's enduring exhaustion, it means that there's an obstacle that I have to continuously go against. There's something there that I'm constantly fighting. That's what endurance is. 
What this is saying is that in my life of growing more and more into the image of Jesus, Jesus' obstacle and what he needs patience for is not someone else. It's me. That God himself is known to be patient because of me. That's the problem. That he has given that to you and I constantly over and over and over and over again. But we are too addicted to hurry, to convenience, to moving forward. Uh, this guy named Ron Rawheiser says it this way. Today, a number of historical circumstances are blindly flowing together and accidentally conspiring to produce a climate within which it is difficult not to just think about God or to pray, but simply to have interior depth whatsoever. We are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion, pathological busyness, distraction and restlessness are major blocks within our spiritual lives today. It's so true in the way we talk. Hey, how, how were you today? What was your day like? Most likely what you're going to respond with was, I was pretty busy. I had a lot going on. It's pretty busy. You, re you realize your motives under that? Why are you saying that? The reason why you're saying that you are busy is because you are describing and you are saying out loud, a lot of people need my time. A lot of people need me. I had a lot of things to do because I'm kind of a big deal. I'm pretty busy, you know, I have a lot of stuff on the run. We are distracting ourselves with busyness and we have zero idea what the end goal really looks like. Because in honesty, even our language betrays us and everything is just an ego trip. Christ shows patience with us. He showed it in his life constantly. Betrayal, anger, frustration. People were throwing stones at him, cursing him out, swearing at him. And what was Jesus' response? Patience. He withstood all of those things. His own people who he loved and cared for. That as he walked into Jerusalem, we're all yelling out, the king is here. King is here. The king is here. A couple days later, the same crowd is yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And how did he respond? As Isaiah says, he was like a, a sheep walking towards the slaughter. He did not say a single thing. He didn't say a single thing. Patience. And when he did open his mouth, the first time he opens his mouth during this whole scene is what? Father, forgive them, for they have no idea what they're doing. And you tell me, is that weakness or is that strength? And that's the question. How do we learn how to endure, to grow, to not be weak, but to be strong, to grow in patience and actually want and desire that to be the thing? Let me pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you for today as we grow and, and as we learn and just think about uh, your fruit that you are growing within us, the patience is something that we desire that we ask for, that we pray for, that we just continuously want to grow in. 
We take every single opportunity in life, whether it is uh, a difficulty or a trial, whether it's bad news or good news, that we would see that the deepest part of ourselves that patience is something that we need to grow in. Patience is strength. It's steadfast endurance. It's continuing the run even though we, want, we don't want to. There's so many practical aspects to this in life that we would, we would rush away and we would push away hurry and busyness as like the cool titles of who we are. And patience is the thing that, that begins to grow. We would think before we speak. We would ponder and meditate before we interact. We would take the time with people. We don't move on to the next thing. We be present and we belong with the people that we are with and not live in two worlds at the same time, at the dinner table and on the phone. That we would stay in one and we would care for the people that we are with. I pray that that actually grows into a desire in our hearts. So Father, we thank you for all that you are doing. Thank you for the image of Jesus, that we would just be able to see him as the role model and the forerunner of our faith, and we would just be able to grow. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.